Hello, I'm Jason Flat. I am the senior editor at But Why Though and the producer for But Why Though the podcast. I'm super excited to be bringing coverage from Outfest LA Film Festival 2022 throughout July. I spoke with Outfest's program director about this year's festival, what we can expect, what has him excited, and reflected on 40 years of Outfest and what the future holds for queer cinema. You can catch that coverage and more at butwhythoughpodcast.com, on Twitter at butwhythoughpc, and you can follow me on Twitter at flatter underscore U, F-L-A-T-T-E-R underscore Y-O-U. Again, thanks for being here. Just to start with, could you introduce yourself and introduce Outfest? Absolutely. Uh, my name is Mike Doherty. I'm the director of festival programming for Outfest. Outfest is an organization that's been around for 40 years that's dedicated to the exhibition and preservation of queer media and the education of the next generation of queer storytellers. Uh, we have events around the year, but this month, uh, July 14th to 24th, we're celebrating our 40th annual Outfest Los Angeles LGBTQ Film Festival. We're very excited to be covering lots of films over the next days and weeks. What, just for you as the program director, what, what are you most excited about for the film festival this year? I mean, there's so many things. We have, you know, over 200 films and between features and shorts and episodics and special events with a lot of people coming into town to to celebrate them and it's also available virtually for about two-thirds of the program for folks that can't join us and it's just it's going to be a wonderful time celebrating our community in a time when our community is not being celebrated in some corners um, and I I always like to form this oasis for the queer community to come together and celebrate the art we create and the, the time we share together um, but it feels even more urgent to celebrate in this moment with each other. But there are there are so many things happening from the opening night, uh, which is the directorial debut of Billy Porter called Anything's Possible, through to closing night, which is a world premiere of a film called They Slash Them, which I am super excited about, the queer and trans-fronted horror film from Blumhouse Productions and Peacock. Um, it's it's something great. And everything in between, we have, we're being joined by Todd Haynes and Julianne Moore and Christine Vachon for a 20th anniversary screening of Far From Heaven. Uh, we have our trans, non-binary, and intersex summit, which will have uh, a keynote address by Raquel Willis and a stand-up showcase featuring comics like Jess Tom and River Butcher. I could sit here and rattle off a lot of great events. So, I mean, we're we're celebrating Clive Barker. We have a big Frida concert. We have uh, a night of stand-up comedy and comedy shorts that's being headlined by Margaret Cho. There's a lot of big names coming, but also there's a lot of smaller films being celebrated that are just incredible work that that kind of heralds the the future of queer filmmaking. Right. I mean, you're naming things I haven't even found yet in the in the program. So I think I think an awesome thing about it is that it it ranges really from the big names, big premieres to just celebrating all sorts of queer artists. And I think that's a really great piece of what the festival gets to be. Are there any particular like themes that really stand out? perhaps in this year's program? I mean, it's funny. It's always hard to answer that question with, with just the breadth of the work showcased. It's hard to like pin down specific themes, but something that we were kind of daunted by going into it, but then it kind of came to fruition very beautifully and naturally is, you know, it's our 40th anniversary. And with that kind of a big number in mind, you start to think about, well, this program should reflect 
the history of queer cinema, but also comment on the present moment for queer people, but also think about where queer cinema is going in the future. And, you know, that's a lot. And like to see if you can pull in films that do all of that. But just as we were watching the films that we ended up selecting, it just seemed like the work that our community is doing in this space just naturally gravitates towards all of those themes so beautifully. I mean, I think of things like when we're talking about looking to the past. A lot of the films we have comment on genres and themes that were that have been around for the entire century of filmmaking that didn't really overtly include queer people and the queer community, but we were always there. Um, so I think about, we're premiering the first episode of the Shutter docuseries Queer for Fear, which is about the queer influence on a century of horror cinema. Um, and you know, you watch that and you see all of the films that were kind of coded as queer or the villains were queer and the makers behind it were queer, but they couldn't overtly say that they just kind of weaved queer themes lightly into the, into the narrative. And then we have this broad range of horror films happening in the, in the program that were made this year that just kind of place queer people at the center of the narrative and they are the leads and they're they're leading the charge in this. I think of, you know, of course, of They Slash Them, which is closing the festival, but there's also the Danish horror film called Attachment, which is this beautiful um, Jewish-themed rom-com that turns into a demonic possession thriller um, and kind of the, the film that you didn't know you needed until you saw it. And it, it just... It, it just that kind of film speaks to me about where our community is going in, in terms of our storytelling, because now that more more of us are getting resources to tell the stories we want to tell and to place ourselves at the center of them, it's just there's this wild creativity that we haven't had access to before. Um, I also think of things like uh, we are we are doing a preview screening of the first two episodes of Prime Video's new series a League of Their Own, which is, of course, an adaptation of the 1992 Penny Marshall film, which takes place in kind of the same era as the film and and pays tribute to that film, but also expands it and broadens it in terms of most overtly its queerness, um, just obviously within a female baseball league, you're going to have queer women playing that sport. And of course, that wasn't really touched upon in the original film. And it's not really the history that you hear about that league up until now. But then, of course, this film comes along and it's like, yes, of course, the queer, there were queer women in that league and we're going to highlight that. And some of our advisors are from that era that, have, I mean, there was just a story about one of the women that inspired the original film coming out at like 92 years old. Um, so it, it, it's just a cool little thing to see like how our community is now uncovering how we've been present all along in cinema history and are, and are using that to move our stories forward. A lot of stuff. Just <laughs> so many things. I'm so excited about a lot of it. I mean, so you, you touched a lot on some of the history and, and mentioned it's this is the 40th anniversary. And I'm, I'm curious what impact on queer cinema in whatever way you want to take that has has Outfest as a whole and Outfest this particular festival had over you know this time. I think what's great about Outfest is um, there's there's a way that uh, we had a an event at the last in-person Sundance in 2020 um, where we had a panel discussion and uh, the playwright and screenwriter Jeremy O'Harris was part of that. Um, and he had a history with Outfest and he he said something that I that really resonated with me. It was like, Outfest is one of those organizations that'll be the first to say yes. 
which to me, I, I always say Outfest is as much about discovery as it is about platforming, you know, the big names and the, and the big titles. So I think we have really created an environment where people just starting out, queer artists that are just starting out that don't maybe have that industry access that need their work seen by a bigger audience can flourish because we're not only looking for the things that had all of the resources and all of the connections to make that, you know, million dollar looking film. We're looking for things that have that spark of creativity, have that unique voice to them that you want to see more of that even if they didn't have, you know, the huge lighting package from, from, uh, or the camera package from, from Kodak or anything like that, that they may have, you know, rough around the edges photography or sound design, but there's something in the writing, there's something in the performing that is something that speaks to great talent. Um, and that's what we look for. We have educational programs that, that bring in young people and bring in people of all different areas of, of expertise to, to really get ahead in the industry and get those connections and really hone their craft and start to move forward. I think a lot of filmmakers whose names you know now started out with their like first smaller short films at Outfest. Um, it's just, you know, we're uniquely placed in Los Angeles to have that kind of access. And that's been a great benefit to us and to the filmmakers in our festival. But I think you really, over the years, have seen that kind of connection and access really pay off dividends. Yeah, it's a, that's how I came upon Outfest myself, just movies that I was watching and then in speaking either with their creators or just researching them, finding that so many of them premiered here or they screened here over the years and was like, how am I not, how am I not checking this out? <laughs> so, yeah. And that's, I mean, yeah. that's something I always say too. It's important to remember, like, uh, I think a lot of people who go to festivals and who who seek out something different often still gravitate towards you know the names you recognize the faces you recognize what sounds like something I've liked before and I think it's really important to approach a festival like Outfest with a sense of adventure um, and daring and and read the descriptions of films and like find out what seems interesting to you that you might not have taken a chance on before and and watch a few of those too. Because that's really where the, I mean, that's where my love of festivals really, really blossomed is when I stopped only going to the things that I thought 100% certain I was going to like because I know everybody involved. Um, when I, just, yeah, I walked into screenings that I had no idea what they were about and some of the most beautiful cinematic experiences of my life happened in that way. Right. I mean, you can watch a lot of those more familiar things later when they hit bigger distribution. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of the, a lot of the gems this is a great way to discover them and to experience them. So I'm definitely excited for it. Hope folks listening will be able to check stuff out in person or digitally too. So the last 40 years, I'm wondering about the next few, the next 40, what, what are your hopes for the near future, the long future of Outfest? I would hope that we continue to expand the resources that we give to filmmakers, not only to premiere their work at a festival, but also to make that next work um and i would hope it's it's getting scary in the industry as to what's getting made and who has access but i would hope that the encouraging things that we've been seeing in terms of the films we see continue to to find their place in the market and and in the industry to get the the resources they need to tell these stories i mean i think by and large queer stories are always going to be a little bit outside the mainstream um, they're always going to be something that you you don't get pushed to you in a big way 
from advertising for many of that. They're going to be um, something for those who are looking for something a little different. And I just, I would cross my fingers that things continue to get a little more different, a little more weird, and that people support that and, and allow those things to find their audience, whether it's in a movie theater, whether it's on a streaming network. There's so many different ways to tell stories now, and hopefully the democratization of that continues rather than closes. Oh, absolutely. And that, that leads really well into my last question. You mentioned at the beginning how Outfest, you know, it's more than just this particular film festival in LA happening at the end of July. What are some of the best ways that folks who are not in LA can enjoy and support Outfest and queer cinema year round and, and outside of just the LA festival? Yeah, I mean, outside, I mean, with Outfest, we have multiple events throughout the year and our regular events. We have Outfest Fusion, which is our festival that focuses on uh, BIPOC communities within the queer and trans community, um, which has expanded beyond only showcasing films to very career oriented workshops and panels and and uh, master classes um, in, a, in a big way. And most of that, if not all of it, is always available online. We have recently started the Out Museum, which is our all digital, completely free uh, rotating exhibits online at outmuseum.org, I believe is the address, um, which, yeah, every few weeks there are different exhibits focusing on a different element of filmmaking craft or a different part of queer history or just what is going on with the queer community in the present moment. Their most recent exhibit um, gives voice to young queer and trans people in those states that are being targeted by, targeted by anti-gay and anti-trans legislation. Um, there's a lot of you know support online for it, but very rarely do the kids themselves get a voice in that. So some kids have put their name on it. Some kids are speaking anonymously, but you can go and like hear from kids in those states about how they're feeling and what's going on in their in their area. And we, we often have a lot of free events and special things that come through on the Out Museum as well. Um, and then, yeah, the Outfest Los Angeles in July, and then year round, there's always digital programming and programming in Los Angeles that we're doing. If you become a member, you go to outfest.org and there are different ways to become a member and you get year round benefits through that. Um, you're on our mailing list. You hear about all the great things we're doing and all the great things that you can be doing. But I mean, beyond Outfest, you know, just Again, queer filmmakers and queer film don't always get the spotlight from press and from media in a big way. So you have to do a little work to search it out sometimes. And there are a lot of great fests and organizations dedicated to that from the big the biggies like GLAAD to the other festivals like Frameline and Inside Out in Toronto and Out on Film in Atlanta. Um, all of these places are, are great ways to find that work by filmmakers that are just starting out that are going to be the next big thing this is the level where you get it on the ground floor and you start to support them and you can say i knew them when i saw their film back when they were starting out and i knew the whole time they were going to wind up being a huge studio director you know absolutely i i i'm starting to looking forward to the festival i hope that folks will check it out as well whether they're in the area or online and and all of the great things you mentioned many thanks thank you okay. we'll look forward to it all right thanks